Good morning. So here we go. Today we are out in the field in Lisburn, Pennsylvania, and I'm actually playing one of the bad guys here. I am being searched for by man trailing bloodhounds. And I'm standing in the snow between two trees because this is actually a test for one of the bloodhounds that's being trained today. He has to be able to find me, make a positive identification. I cannot be completely hidden, but I shouldn't be standing out in the open either. Behind me, there's another dog. He's not a bloodhound, but he's in his backyard and he's curious as to what this crazy woman is doing, standing just standing between trees in the middle of winter outside by herself, talking to herself. And you can probably hear, it's pretty quiet here, but you can hear the birds. I can hear an airplane in the background. And I, I wanna leave the sound on. That's not a bloodhound. You'll be able to tell a bloodhound when you hear it. Um, I don't know if this guy's going to be barking or not. It's hard to tell. Um, we'll see what happens with this with this training session. But I want you to hear him coming in, and I want you to hear when he comes up to make his identification. When you're training bloodhounds, you do not acknowledge the dog at all until he makes a positive identification. Because with Bloodhounds, don't know if you knew this or not, but I found this really fascinating when we first started to train um, with bloodhounds with <laughs> Terry, and Heck, Terry Heck and um, Jim Heck and Summit Search and Rescue. The bloodhounds are actually uh, police officers and they uh, can provide evidence that actually holds up in court. So in order to make those identifications valid, there are certain things these dogs need to do and they need to make a positive identification, which means when it comes up to me, I will not be able to say anything or acknowledge the dog in any way. I'm pretty much gonna be blowing him off and it's gonna be up to him to uh, decide that I'm the person he's looking for. And this is based on a scent article, which I made before I came out. It was a gauze square, two gauze squares actually, that were rubbed on my skin, and then it was double bagged. The dog is given the scent, and then it is responsible for using that scent, those skin cells that mm, I can't see and he can't see, but he can scent these, and this is how he can find me. Um, and now a bloodhound will scent um, from wherever the scent happens to blow around. When I'm walking through here, it's not necessarily where my footprints are. It can be wherever the scent blows. So today it's interesting because you can see a line of footprints on the ground, but that's not necessarily where the dog is. There's a slight breeze, and so the scent is blown and the dog is following that. But he will be coming up to find me because ultimately the scent is strongest, obviously, where I am standing but it's not a matter of following the footprints on the ground. Um, when a bloodhound is being tested, the bloodhound is in the lead. It's not, um, it's not like when you see somebody else walking a dog and the dog is walking next to them or the dog's walking behind them. In this instance, the dog is wearing a special harness 
there's a working harness and he knows that that's what that that he has a job to do when he has this harness on he knows he has to go to work so when he has this harness on he is actually um, doing a job so he'll be tracking based on that and he will be out in front usually they have a long lead that gives the dog some leeway um, and the person handling the dog really has to be in pretty good shape as well because their job is just to follow and the dog can go anywhere it can go through brambles it can go up and down hills it can go under bridges it can go in the water it's amazing where these dogs can go today we're just going across a snowy field so it's not as much of a challenge for the handler other than the temperature but um, we'll wait and see what happens when the dog gets up to me now as i said i will be ignoring the dog completely and uh, his identification there are a couple different kinds and as long as as it's known beforehand what the identification is for this in this instance for the test the dog will come up and he will actually uh, push his nose into me some bloodhounds when they're making an identification when they come up they will rear up and put their uh, front paws on your shoulders and that is a positive identification um, this identification holds up in court uh, it can be used to uh, convict somebody because as police officers, uh, their positive identification is valid and will hold up in court. How cool is that? So I'm going to be quiet for a second here. We're going to wait and see what happens. I'm looking out over the field. And today they're dressed in full winter clothing with uh, bright fluorescent yellow hats on. Um, so they can be seen and they also have canine and police across their backs so that people know when we're tracking through their yards and through their property who we are and what we're doing um, as far as um, today's training goes summit search and rescue has already secured permission from the property owners in the area to train here and uh, we would want to be thanking me personally Lisburn Fire Company in uh, on Main Street here in, in Lisburn, Pennsylvania, simply because it was three degrees when I started out this morning to head over here for training. It's a little bit warmer now. The sun is helping and the breeze isn't tremendous, but we really want to thank them for opening up the doors to the fire hall so that we can sit inside in between fines and warm up a little bit. So thank you very much, Lisburn Fire Department for being so kind. And I'm looking out over the field right now. You're probably here. I'm standing between these two arborvitae that are probably, I don't know, I'm looking up 20 feet tall, 20 feet tall and much, much larger. I can't even put my arms around them. They're so big. So right now I'm waiting to see where these bloodhounds are or where this particular bloodhound is. I believe his name is Owen and I do not see anyone yet. Sometimes when we're training, we're sitting outside and waiting for a very long time. And now I, I just spotted a yellow hat. I'm gonna pretty much um, ignore the folks coming across the way. They haven't come over to where I'm at yet. Uh, I'm being watched by this uh, black and white dog behind me who's trying to figure out what the heck is going on. 
Um, so I'm looking in his direction and totally ignoring the folks um, that are coming my way, which as a trainer, um, as a volunteer trainer, that's exactly what you need to do because let's face it, if you are being looked for by a police dog, a man trailing bloodhound, the last thing you want to do is draw attention to yourself and, and uh, invite him over. I do want to mention that the bloodhounds are also used in many, many instances to help locate lost children and sometimes the elderly with memory issues. So it's not just bloodhounds um, looking for the bad guys. Sometimes it's bloodhounds looking for our lost children and our um, lost uh, elderly or confused uh, folks that that really aren't sure where they're supposed to be. And especially in weather like this, um, it, it, you really can't last very long in temperatures like this. So it's a good idea to bring the bloodhounds in for the training. They are at the top of their game. Their noses are the most sensitive and they are the best suited for this work. I can see a blood and I can see him right now. He hasn't looked in my direction now, but he is checking the ground. His handler is standing behind him, telling him to go to work. Let's listen, shall we? He's getting a little bit closer now. Listen. Where'd she go? Where'd she go? Yes, sir. Good boy. Good boy. Owen. Oh, and she's so handsome. Good boy. That's a good boy. That's a good boy. Good job, my buddy. So handsome. I didn't know you were lost over there. So was I. He was so perfect and so readable. If you think. When he was coming over there, he started having tons of head turns this he way. He did. And he even tried to come this he way did. a couple times. But he, I, I was like, okay. And then he, he didn't like make a big move, but yeah. he, I noticed, oh I did not see her until I got over yeah. here. But that's good because you were working yeah, your because dog. Then when he went by the trailers, he was lost. Yeah, so I tried to get him to come back her set. where I so, knew he had a scent. You know, but when he, from that point on, he would take a few steps, 
and he his head would yeah. pop up. He acted confused. You took a couple steps, so he then found a couple other things to be interested yeah. in. And then when so, he started eating snow, yeah. I'm like, he's... So just like you did at the start, moments like that when he's trying to make a decision, plant your feet. Don't yeah. move forward until he's really Don't giving you a good Don't play his game. Yeah. 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 Because he was able to work his way he back, did but sometimes they back. get out They're of out it. out of it and they can't Now, get depending back. on your judge, if somebody says to me, my dog's lost it here, I want to take him back just over to that tree where I know he had it. I'm going to say, yes, that's teamwork. That's how you work a dog. Yeah, because I was pretty far down. Some judges probably would have stopped me, no? Um, I mean, I was on the line. We're trying to teach every judge not to, you know, that give the dog a chance when they run out of scent. And some judges will say, no, taking your dog back is leading your dog. My feeling is it's not leading if, your dog. If you You're can taking work your them dog back. back. Yeah. No, I don't even think you have to work them back. You're taking them back somewhere where that dog's already been. Okay. Yeah. And that's teamwork. Yeah. We have to do that all the time in the real world. Sure. So. Because I saw him do those head movements, but I let him keep going. Yeah. Just, I, did, I probably should have stopped there I would have see what there. he have done. I would have stopped there longer. But I didn't but stop that's him. just something to keep in the back of your head. And sometimes our head turns are because of dogs or other things, too. So it's not always. Well, but, yeah, but his I heard body the dog language, barking. His body like, language from that point on was, I don't really have it. Yeah. My, he was looking right. back at you. His head was popping up. He was there. Oh, but there's an interesting smell over yeah, here. Yeah. And he'd move forward a little bit. When we got down there, I knew he was... Because he was pulling on the trail hard up to that Yeah. That oh, yeah, point. he was right on. He was right on. And I really liked your patience at the start because there were a lot of dog and deer tracks going the other way, yeah. and he very nicely picked up on Debs, and he was right and on. He, he was right on. Thank Good you, dear. Job. Not a problem mm. at all. So he did well then. He did well. He passed. Oh, good boy, Owen, good boy. Okay, guys, I'm actually doing a podcast right now, so I'm recording this as you guys were coming across oh, cool. here, so that and we were waiting to yeah. see if he was going to make it. Yeah, Mr. So, Owen made it. Mr. Owen, he did it with flying colors. <laughs> okay, guys, we're going to take a break right now. I'll be back soon. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I am back in the studio where it's warm with my cup of wild orange tea. I'm Deborah Fingerlow here at the Dog Lovers Podcast. If you liked what you've heard today or maybe another day or what you might hear in the future, please subscribe to the Dog Lovers Podcast or and leave me a review. For show notes and links, visit the website at www.dogloversonvespas.com. Stay tuned next episode for part two of my conversation with the amazing Terry Heck and Summit Search and Rescue. Thanks for listening and stay warm. I'll see you soon. Bye.